Um, well, hey, I hope your Thanksgiving was great. Thank kiddos for coming up. I hope your Thanksgiving was great. Uh, for those football fans, Dallas Cowboys won. Praise the Lord. Uh, Baylor Bear fans, sorry that we lost. For all you World Cup fans, we tied. So if you like winning, losing, or tying, you had all those options. Um, we're looking forward to Tuesday for the World uh, Cup fans. I'm sure that there was a new Hallmark movie out for some of you ladies. So I hope that things worked out well and that you had a great time. We had a delightful time. We had two sets of families. Laura's family came in and we had kind of one turkey dinner with her mom and her brothers and sisters. And then we went over to my brothers. So we had two pies, two turkeys, two potatoes. Woo, woke up with a little bit of a sugar hangover today. All right. Well, I hope your Thanksgiving was uh, just one of those moments in time. And I love our nation that we pause as a country to thank God. And so many times we don't realize where this came from, but the first Thanksgiving, of course, was when the pilgrims had their first harvest when they came to America. And the, m most of those pilgrims were on a journey for religious liberty so that they could worship freely as they felt that they should. And, but one of the things that most people don't realize is when the pilgrims came across, half of them before the, before the year was out, whether it was the journey over or being on land in that first hard winter, half of them died. So only half survived. So when they came to that Thanksgiving meal to celebrate God's goodness, they were celebrating even in the midst of pain and loss. So many times biblical thanksgiving is associated in the middle of the pain. The gratitude is so much richer. Well, fast forward, it became an official holiday in 1863. Abraham Lincoln, in the middle of the Civil War, made a proclamation and a declaration thanking God for his goodness and his bounty, even in the midst of the conflict and the loss that was going on. And he said, we will set aside from this day forward the third Thursday of November to celebrate and to honor God for his uh, prosperous grace towards us as a nation. And therefore, that's how we got Thanksgiving. Both of those places, whether you honored the first Thanksgiving or whether you say, when was the declaration made, were in the midst of great difficulty. So Thanksgiving, biblically, is not just thanking God for what goes good, but it's thanking God in the middle of the difficulties so that we might have strength and perspective to take on pain, not just the joy and, uh, and uh, gratitude for what has happened. All right, let's go to the Bible. Let's take a look. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19, very familiar passage. Rejoice always. Rejoice how much? Always. There it is. Let's do a little more. A little more. Rejoice always. always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Everybody say everything. everything. Not for everything, but in everything. Give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus and do not quench the Holy Spirit. Now, whenever I share this passage, whenever I'm preaching or teaching, I always want to pause for just a moment. Would you just close your eyes? Thank God for two or three things. It could be a meal. It could be the car you got here. It could be for a family member, a friend. Would you just take a moment and thank God for something right now? All righty, look up. You just did God's will. Way to go. Today is a great day. You did God's will. 
for a few moments there by thanking him for his grace. The scripture says this, Psalm 95, verse 1 through 3. Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. When we talk about gratitude and thanksgiving, there are many natural things we can thank God for, and we should, but we begin by thanking God for who he says he is. If you've been with us in the prayer series, we've been taking uh, the names of God off the little prayer card that we have and declaring his goodness. I wanna show you those names again. And I just wanna review one more time. These are just a few of the names of God. And what I wanna encourage you to do, again, this is gonna be a bit of an interactive day, is I want you to thank God for each of these names and whichever one you need today. You need provision, you need healing, you need to know that God's there, you need to know that he's your shepherd. As you thank him, it puts him in a position to be God. But when we don't thank him or recognize him, we block him from doing the very thing he longs to do and that is to be God in our lives. Everybody get it? So thanksgiving, we're gonna talk more about this, is the key, it's the door, especially when our thanksgiving is towards who God says he is, not just towards uh, the natural things, it unlocks our hearts to believe again. I'll even say this, this morning I woke up just a little flat, a little down, woke up early, and I went down to my prayer room and I just began to declare out loud these names of God, and I got happy really fast. <laughs> because I was rolling off my feelings and my whatevers into God himself, and he lifts us and puts us in hind feet uh, in high places. All right, here we go. So he is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Take it if you need it. He is Jehovah Rophe. Actually, you need all these, by the way. He is Jehovah Rophe, the God who heals. He's Jehovah Nisi. He is our banner. He is Jehovah Makedesh, the God who sanctifies. That's a great one, right? Struggling with holiness in your life, he is Jehovah Makedesh, the God who sanctifies. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. Everybody needs peace. God, we receive you as Jehovah Shalom through the blood of Jesus. You are Jehovah Rohe. You are our shepherd. Does anybody need a shepherd this morning? God, to take you by the hand and lead you. He is Jehovah Sidkenu. He is our righteousness. He is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord who is there, I like to put it in the present, he is the Lord who is here. Lord, we thank you this morning that we are not on our own. We thank you that we're not just doing our best. We thank you that you are God and you are willing and, and wanting to break through into our world. And so we exalt you for who you are. And I ask God as my friends are crying out to you, calling out to you for, your, for a demonstration of your grace, would you pour out grace even as we thank you this morning. Well, if, if, um, if the names of God and the knowledge of God is what we thank God for to awaken us, to get us in the right perspective, the scripture also says that thanksgiving is the gateway into God's presence. So gratitude is the right thing to do to acknowledge God and lifts our hearts. But thanksgiving is also the gateway into God's presence. Very familiar passage, hopefully, Psalm 100 verse four. Enter his gates with thanksgiving 
in his courts with praise. Enter his gate with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So I can acknowledge, God, this is who you are. But as I begin to then purposefully thank him and turn that into praise for who he is, it's literally like a door that gets me in to the presence in the house of God. Listen, you may feel far from God right now, and I understand that. Life is challenging, there's difficulties, all kinds of things happen in life. But here's the deal, you do not have to be far from God because the door is open through the blood of Jesus, and when we thank God, we experience the open door. So if the, it's already judicially done through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the door has been opened. But when we begin to thank God for who he is, it literally opens the door. It enters the gate of, uh, uh, of God. And then through our, we begin to sing and worship him. It fills the whole house. Proverbs 22 verse 3 says this, that God inhabits the praises of his people. Woo! Does anybody need God to show up in a very real way in your house? Anybody? Okay. We're good. A few of us. All right. Uh, for those who don't, I'm so sorry. You need him anyway. But the rest of us do. And so, so as we thank God and as we praise God, remember the scripture says, in everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The next verse says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. When we are not thanking God, when we are not honoring God in our households, it quenches the Holy Spirit and we wonder why there's strife and anxiety and all kinds of stuff in our home. It's because we haven't established a house of praise. This is amazing and it's right in front of us. Man, if there's strife in your home, if what you're doing's not working, hello, if it's not working, we gotta change something. Maybe you ought to just start getting up early or anybody else gets up and walk around the house in every room, praise the Lord and declare the goodness of God, declare the names of God. Maybe you ought to have worship just going throughout the house to get the, get because he inhabits the praises of his people. If you need God to show up, thanksgiving and praise. Here we go. This, this little dude right here, for all you sports fans, this is a coveted lanyard right here. This is from 2016. Uh, I was, uh, had the opportunity to go to the national, NCAA National Football Championship. And because I have family friends that are involved in the sports industry, we had really, really good tickets. We not only had really, really good tickets, but this all-access pass, everybody say all-access. All-access all pass allowed us to get into the pre-parties and a few other things. So all the teams were staying at the Biltmore Hotel in Phoenix, Arizona. And we had a friend who let us stay in a place in, the, in those estate areas, a, a condominium. So uh, it, was our, our, it was myself, my son, and another uh, couple friends. And so we stayed in this really cool place. And because of the all-access pass, we were at the hotel and everybody, there's a famous actor, there's a famous athlete, there's whatever. And you know, they're kind of looking at us like, who are you? And like, all access, that's me. I'm an all access guy. I'm bigger than you know. You just don't know who I am yet. So, but you're walking around in that environment and you, you just realize that nobody's questioning you because you have the all access pass. Like you're on the same playing field with everybody else. Well, then it comes the day, it comes the day of the game. And my family member calls me and says, oh yeah, by the way, with your all access pass, you can take the bus with the dignitaries from the Biltmore to the stadium and go right up to the front. 
And not only do you get the bus all access pass, but once you get there, you get into the ESPN tailgate zone for a party that's going on right inside the gate inside the stadium. Like, whoa, okay. So we get on the bus. First person I see is the former Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice. What's up, Condi? What's going on? I'm important walking by because I got all access pass. Everybody seems to know each other on the bus except me and my three friends. <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> we had an all access pass and, they, and then we drive by all the long lines of the cars going to the stadium, just waving in our little dignitary bus, pull right up, go to the ESPN thing. Again, every person you see on TV is in there except us, but we got an all access pass. So we're just like everybody else. And then we go to the game, we have great seats, we have a fabulous time, it was an incredible game. And at the end of the game, we get back on the bus, first people out, we get the police escort back to the hotel, kick back as it should be, all access, that's right. Now here's the deal, when I wear this lanyard, I, for a, at least for a moment, for a weekend, I was important. <laughs> for a weekend, I had access to everything, quote unquote, that the world had to offer as far as that sporting event. But I'm wearing this today to remind all of us that we all have access to God himself all the time. You are the most important person in the world to God. Every one of you has the same value created in the image of God. No matter what importance you have in the world or lack of importance, you have the same value to God himself and the same opportunity to access God like anyone else. And actually the scripture seems to lean that whoever is poor or poor in spirit has special access to God because the humble and the hungry get to the throne room a lot quicker than the arrogant and the prideful. And as we have all access to him, we use that access in, in what way? Through thanksgiving. So you are valuable. You have this around your neck every day through the blood of Jesus, but will you access what you have? Walk through the door, man. So how do I get there? Start thanking God for who he is. Start thanking them for what he has done. You enter the gate with praise and thanksgiving. And as you do, the, everything is open to you in the house. There is nothing that God is holding back from his children whose heart are, are wholly his. Uh, some of you guys know my... Um, nephew, Brandon Seibert, and I'm so proud of he and a group of friends that during 2020 really took to heart the admonition to pray through the pandemic. And as a part of that, they had been saying, God, how do we do prayer for a long time, right? For hours on end, what would that look like? And God gave him this little phrase, thanksgiving, worship, and intercession. As we thank God we enter his gates, with, and, and as we begin to worship, we begin to praise him, then that gives us power to pray. So they call it TWI, Thanksgiving, Worship, and Intercession. So again, let me just share a little illustration of how this happened just a few months ago. I was with a group of eight leaders from the body of Christ, and we were talking about some projects that we were going to do, you know, Lord, what are you saying to us for the United States of America? Again, that sounds big. It wasn't, I mean, we're not that big of a deal, but it was, that was our prayer. God, how do we help out what you're doing in America at this point? 
And I had this idea in my mind, this Thanksgiving worship intercession. So I said to the group, I said, well, hey, why don't we do a little little uh, exercise here first before we try to start coming up with ideas to help God out? Why don't we see what God might want to do? So what we did is I said, hey, what's everybody thankful for? Well, I'm thankful for my meal, for my family. I'm thankful for this, thankful for that. And then one guy says, I'm thankful for a particular other guy um, who'd been kind of a father figure to him. He said, I'm thankful for so-and-so and how, what a father you've been to me. And the guy looks a little bit shocked. He said, well, thank you. And you can tell the spirit of God kind of shows up. Somebody's grateful for somebody in the room. And then Another guy said, well, I'm thankful too. And, and I said, well, are there any other father figures that you're thankful for? And all of them began to talk about mentors and, and other men that had invested in their lives. And, and, and then I asked everybody in the room, I said, now, how many of you guys had dads that were present or dads that mentored you? And seven, uh, seven of the eight in the room had not. They, they were fatherless, but they had found fathers through the body of Christ. And there was just such a gratitude that started filling the room. Grateful for men in our lives. Grateful to be in this room with other men. And I said, well, it seems like through our gratitude that God's highlighting that he is a good father to us. Let's worship him now as the good father. So then we started worshiping and singing Good, Good Father and other songs about God's Father. And the goodness of God, the presence of God filled the room. And then, we, then I said, all right, we've thanked him and we found him to be a faithful father. We're now worshiped him as the father. Now let's pray into the things that we feel like we're here for from the father's perspective. We begin to pray, oh God, would you... Make a home for the fatherless, God. Would you bring your family back together? Would you bring prodigals home, God? Would you save the lost, God? Would you make your church a family? God, would you come be the father in the house? Lord, we need you in this nation to come father us and lead us and protect us. God, come be a father. And we begin to pray into that. And then at the end, we said, all right, Lord, what, what, what are you saying to us now about what we should do? And we wrote up on the, on the board, we should create family through the church to honor the Father, to reunite people to how they're made. So now we got a vision for how to help people and how to view church not as an entity to get stuff done, but as a family with a father to reunite his children under his purpose and his plan for his goodness. Now, I know that's a little, whoa, but listen, on a very personal level, you as a family, you could say, what are we thankful for? And you could, you could land on man that God's provided food for us and shelter and we're honored. Then you start worshiping as, as Jehovah Jireh, the provider. And then you start praying, God, here are our needs for provision. Here's what our family needs. Here's what our friends need. Do you get it? Thanksgiving allows worship, allows intercession, and allows God's leadership in our lives. Woo, that was way better than y'all think. All right, so here we go. Thanksgiving is God's will. We're thanking God. We're entering the all access zone as the children of God. The second big piece here on Thanksgiving is we're not only thankful to God, but as we are thankful to one another, it produces great grace in our community and our family and in everything around us. 
The Bible constantly encourages us to be thankful for one another. Paul says, I thank God in all my remembrance of you. Paul said, every time I think of you, Philippians, I thank God for you. If you've read most of the New Testament, you see Paul's thankful list at the beginning of a book usually, and at the end, even individuals, he's thanking them. And why is that so important? Because gratitude creates grace in every relationship, and a lack of gratitude creates strife in every relationship. If you're looking for a new way forward as a family, somebody's got to start being grateful for somebody in the family. And that does not mean that we're sticking our heads in the sand and we don't see problems. Problems, we all see problems. But the bottom line is, if somebody's not grateful, there's no strength to deal with the problem. And if somebody doesn't feel valued in the house, we're not going to get to a God solution. Let me give you a scripture again that hopefully is very familiar. Hebrews 3, verse 12. Take care, brothers and sisters, that there not be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So here we go. When we, one of the things that we did with our family growing up is, and we still do it actually when we gather, what is everybody thankful for? And yes, mom and dad, we forced it. Johnny, you, or not Johnny, literally, uh, Caleb, what are you thankful for? I don't know. Okay, let me give you some suggestions. The cereal sitting in front of you. Your dad right here, whatever. We, we made suggestions, but then they had to voice out gratitude. And they'd go around the room and say what they were grateful for. And then we would say, all right, now I want you to look at your sister. What are you grateful for in your sister? And then we would help them if they needed help. But what we did is we created habits of the heart so that at the table there would always be gratitude and a habit of being thankful so that when there was a sibling conflict or whatever, there had been encouragement to undergird it so there was strength to deal with it. Okay, let me try it again. We are trying to control everybody through critique and criticism, but what if the answer was right before us with gratitude and encouragement and people got better actually because there was a better environment of unconditional love? Okay, uh, let, let, me, let me just tell a funny little example. Uh, Laura is still astounded that I can walk by the trash and not take it out, not see it right? I mean, I'm just honest. I just want to be really honest. You can tell Laura as well. She's not in this service, but I really don't see it, right? But she sees it really well. So, and, and my job was to take out the trash. So what I would say is, honey, here's some help for you. If when I take out the trash and see it, you throw a celebration. Dad saw the trash, family. Let's pause. Praise break. Dad saw the trash. Look at him taking it. He is the best trash taker outer in the house. I said, you start celebrating me taking out the trash. I will take out the trash like nobody's business because everybody wants to know that they're worth something and they did something good. Does that make sense? When a child takes its first step, what do all the parents do? Whoa! He walked. Whoa. There's a celebration, right? Every little thing needs acknowledgement and encouragement because it produces grace in the house. What about in the workplace? What about in the church? Wherever. 
there is always, you know what? <laughs> this is a funny one. Everybody says, you know, um, I, I, I have the gift of discernment. I said, oh, really? There's problems in my office. I walk in, I see all the problems in everybody's life. I have the gift of discernment for the church. I'm a prophet to the church. I walk in and I see problems. I, just, I can discern what's wrong with everybody in this church. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really good. You're really bright. You know, so here's the deal. Let me just help you out. Everybody has the gift of discernment for problems. You're not unique. It's who has the fortitude to go higher and to, to honor God and to thank God and to see what can be by the Holy Spirit and then begin to get a bed of encouragement. So when we have to bring correction, we need to bring truth, which are all a part of life in the scripture, there is an environment of unconditional love, grace, and encouragement so the family can make it through. Because God only has one goal and that's for everybody to make it through, but we gotta create the environment for it. And maybe one other little thing in this. Um, at times, and especially for the kids because it's a family worship day and, and those families watching online this morning, um, sometimes the, the praise and the gratitude comes from the younger ones in the house because the older we get, the harder we get. Um, Jason Ramos and his w now wife, Monica, they had been living together. They had had a couple of kids. You guys know Jason's story. This is before Jesus and all the transformation in their lives. But their 10-year-old son at the time, Shay, this was probably about 14 years ago, Shay just gets this idea in the morning. He said, Mama, I want to start reading the Bible and go to church. And she said, well, we don't do that. You know, and said, no, well, for my birthday, can we go to church? So they're having this discussion and they go to HEB. And in HEB, two college students walk up to him and say, this may sound weird, but we're we're praying for people, and we, and we just want to know how we could pray for you. Well, the son was like, hey, I want to go to church on my birthday. And so they pray for Monica, and Monica said, I had a lot more problems than I said, but they prayed the, into the areas that I didn't even tell them. And the one thing I did say is I need a job. And she said, I walked out from that prayer time with my son. I said, okay, all right, we'll go to church on your birthday. And so we walk out of the parking lot and my old boss is walking right down the same aisle that we're in the parking lot and says, Monica, I was just thinking about you. Do you want your old job back? She gets a job. They end up going to church and that begins the wheels to move them towards what eventually would be not only their reconciliation, their marriage, their twins, their ministry, their life, because a 10 year old said, hey, God's speaking, and I want to encourage the family to work towards God. So if you're 10 years old and you're listening to me and you see something for your family, speak up, man. We may need you. Mom and dad, sometimes it's our kids' innocence that helps us see where we need to get back to. All right, third big point. The first one is thank God. The second one is to be thankful for each other. Third big point is thankfulness gives us victory over anxiety and fear. Now, as I, off, I need to always pause here and say there are physical issues that happen related to anxiety that uh, may need medication. There's all kinds of different things in this realm. But what I'm talking about is just what I call the, the, the day in and day out anxieties and fears that every sheep deals with, right? The sheep are skittish. They're anxious. Everybody go, well, you may not want to do this. It may be demeaning to you, but I'll do it. Bah, bah, I am a sheep. <laughs> I need a shepherd. <laughs> and because I need a shepherd, that I, in my nature, 
full of fear and anxiety about things that even I shouldn't be. And then you have just the stuff that's very real. And, but God always has a way forward for his people. All right, familiar passage, hopefully again to all of us, Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord. What's that word? Mm, that was so weak. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I will say. 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 Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I will say. There we go. All right. That's what Paul's trying to get through to us. He's saying, come on, Philippians. You can rejoice. I'm writing from prison. Surely we can get over our stuff. Let's go. Rejoice in the Lord. Oh, I love it. You got it. Again, I say. All right. Let your gentle spirit be made known to all men. Isn't that great? That, uh, in other versions it said, let your humble spirit go low. Go low to God, go low to others. For the Lord is near. Then here we go. Be anxious for, but in everything through prayer and supplication with what? Make your request known to God. And the God of peace which surpasses all comprehension. That's what we're going for, you guys. The peace that is beyond circumstance, the peace that is beyond man, the peace that is beyond human ability, that which is beyond all comprehension, it'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. So it says, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Go humble and low, tender and gentle. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but everything pray about because God cares about everything with thanksgiving for the God who is able to do above and beyond what we could ask or think. The peace of God then comes into our life, guards our hearts and minds. And then he goes on to repeat again. And now I want you to proclaim whatever's good, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's true, whatever's lovely, whatever's good repute. Think on these things, dwell on these things. And then verse nine, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Wow. Again, let me admonish you, encourage you for your own heart's sake, for the people that you love, for the people that you work with, for the sake of our city, for the sake of our nation. Let's take up a gratitude movement, a thankfulness movement, an encouragement movement, one that trusts in the Lord and in his might, a thanksgiving when we pray through our anxieties so that we can see God begin to create an environment of grace so that there is power to deal with the problems that are at hand. Years ago, I heard a guy uh, a preacher um, did give different scenarios of his own anxieties, and he had us yell back to him, let it go, because he was anxious about stuff that he didn't need to be anxious about. So I've done this before, but I'm going to let you do it to me again. Everybody say, let it go, Jimmy. All right. Okay. So I'm going to give you a few scenarios of some things that make me anxious or uptight, and, and you're going you're gonna to help me out. All right. So 
this has happened before. This is not just a, a, a scenario that's untrue. That I don't ask for a lot. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV. But during Thanksgiving, I l- want to watch the Cowboys game. Okay? And so this particular year, I'm watching the Cowboys game. It's the fourth quarter. The game is tied. And that was when we kind of had one TV, one channel. And Laura and my sister-in-law and a couple of nieces walk in. And they walk in the middle of the fourth quarter and they say, well, it's, it's uh, five o'clock and the new Hallmark movie is coming out on channel 10. We had reserved our time for that already. And I said, uh, excuse me, but I reserved like a year ago. Only, there's only one thing I ask for every year. Well, no, we had all talked about it and we decided that, the, that everybody was coming together and this is our girls' time. And so, yeah, I'm so sorry. You know, it's just another game. Uh, uh, what, what would y'all say to me? <laughs> Guys, should I let it go? Uh, oh, oh, let, okay, let it go. All right, let it go. <laughs> let it go, Jimmy. I, I let it go. Uh, okay, so there's a scenario. It's not worth it. It is truly just a game, but it's also just a movie. All right, so uh, <laughs> I'm driving into Walmart, got things to do, just want to get in and out. It's a rainy day and I'm going down, down the, the aisle or, and I see a space like two spaces from the door. Praise the Lord. And I'm praising the Lord headed that direction. And somebody comes in the other way and slips right into my parking space, my parking space that God provided for me that I was praising the Lord for. Somebody cut right in. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It went from praise to something else. And so I am so frustrated and I'm glaring down that mom with two little kids as she's getting out in the rain. (laughs) Can't believe her. She took my space. Somebody help me out. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I was looking at Instagram yesterday and I saw a birthday party and another event of all these people having fun and I wasn't invited. What, what should I do? That, that one hurt y'all a little bit, did it? What, what should I do, really? Let it go. All right, good. I let it go. Thank y'all. Y'all help me. What's that? Yeah, ask for an invitation. That's right. Text him and say, why wasn't I invited? That's what I should do. Uh, no, probably I should let it go, but that's a good idea too. But we have bigger deals, right? We have, okay, Laura and I are having a little conflict. Now this one, you, you really need to let go. And she's really tired and she says something that kind of trips a wire inside of me. And I'm walking out the door and I'm thinking, I need to go back and just correct what she said. Could somebody help me? Let it go. Keep walking. Keep walking. I just want you to know that one's for sure. Keep walking and let it go. All right. But there are deeper things. Somebody you loved walked away from God. A betrayal. Somebody stole from you. Somebody hurt you or a family member. There's a grief or a loss. These are bigger places to let it go. But here's what the Bible says. If we will let it go, not just to the air, we let it go in the presence of God. God, thank you that you are able to take care of that whether that's the deepest pain or a little lightweight trigger or some little 
preference we have is we say, Lord, I trust you and I bless them and I pray for that situation. I thank you that you're my provider. And Lord, I thank you that even if it was a place of loss, you're gonna work all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So I'm gonna thank you right now in the midst of it. I'm gonna find peace in your presence. I'm gonna receive again your grace for whatever is needed and I'm gonna trust you instead of take it into my own hands. Because when we try to take life into our own hands, guys, I don't know if you figured this out yet, we mess it up. But when we let it go, and we worship God as the God who is able to do above and beyond what we could ask or think, the God who is able to even take difficulties and work them for good. When we begin to see from God's perspective, there begins to be power for what we need. That's why Thanksgiving is so important. It is access for our hearts, but it is also power for our lives by the grace of God. Now I'm going to end with a, a, what I call a small story in life, but most of our lives are small victories, that if we will get habits of victory in the small things, when the big things comes, we'll have what we need, okay? So uh, about two months ago, Laura and I were going out of town for a week, and um, we were rushing to get out of town to get to the airport. We were taking her car to DFW, and I needed to get something out of the house, and then I realized, oh, it was in my truck, and so I have my keys to my truck, and because the fob's broken, well, I have to open the door, then I got to turn the car on, then I got to get the stuff out of the back, all that. That's a whole other story, but y'all can pray for me. But um, so I get everything, and I get in the car, and I'm thinking, I don't have time to go 30 seconds and put the keys back in the house on the little hanger where they go, right? So I think, great idea. I'll just open the gas tank and stuff them in there and hide the keys there. Perfect, Okay. So then we go off for the week, and, um, and when we come back, um, I realize, I don't, where are my keys? They're not on the rack. Laura, why didn't you put my keys on the rack? Of course, nobody laughed at that. All right, so uh, <laughs> she didn't either. So, um, uh, but I couldn't remember where my keys were. And, um, and then at the same time, I was like, I, I had a credit card and my license. Where are my credit card and my license? They're, they're not in my pocket. They're not in my backpack. They're nowhere. Where are my credit card, my license? And then I, but, but actually I was halfway in the spirit. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to do this God's way instead of my way. Thank you, Lord. You know where my keys are. Why would I even be uptight? Let's just worship God. My license, the credit card. You know what, Lord? You know where they are. Just protect our accounts and everything else. Just so you know, be responsible. We did check the accounts, make sure the car would be used. Uh, however, I thought, you know what? I'm just not going to be uptight. I can't make everything work. I got all kinds of things going on. So the next morning, um, Laura uh, has to take off early. I've got a meeting as well. And I thought, well, if I can't find the keys, I'll call a friend. I'll get a ride into these meetings. We'll be just fine. And um, so that day, still nothing shows up. And I said, well, you know what? Uh, I mean, God knows, you know where everything is. So I get home that night and I said, all right, Lord. And I'd ask a couple people to pray about it. Lord, where are my license and my credit card? You know, if they're on the plane somewhere, if they're in another city, if they're here, God. And you know what? You can transport my license and my credit card. Just speak, Lord. I'm just grateful to have a license and a credit card. And I'm not kidding you. I walk into my closet. I look down next to my little sock bucket I have. There's the credit card and the license. Now, whether it fell out of my pocket and I didn't see it, 
or whether it was transported, I don't know, but I'll take it as a miracle either way. So I take, said, praise the Lord. So then I said, okay, Lord, we're on a roll. How about those keys? And I wait on God. Like, and I remembered, first time I'd ever done that, I put the keys and I walk out there and I open the gas tank and there are the keys. Praise the Lord. Woo, the God of victory. I got my keys in my wallet and my, and my license got what I need. But here's the deal. I didn't waste 24 hours of anxiety. It had been a great day. My time with the Lord was rich. God had moved in a couple of meetings in very powerful ways because I wasn't allowing the little things of life to control me. I decided I'm gonna thank God, I'm gonna worship God, and I'm gonna find him above it and then just move peacefully around it, right? It's these little victories when we don't snap back, but we trust God. The little victories that when things don't go our way, instead of getting hung up, we praise God, thank God, and ask God for wisdom. It's those moments that allow us to get victories. And you guys, when we get little victories, then when the tough stuff comes, we have strength. Because whether it is something as difficult as cancer, or whether it is cash that you need, or whether it is keys that you need, it's all the same to God because He is a big God who is able to lead God and direct those who trust in him and thank him for who he is and set a table of grace for what they need. Let's stand together. If our prayer teams will come to the front quickly, please be available. Hey, if you need prayer for anything this morning up there on the deck, down here at front, we have prayer teams available, people that want to pray for you in the name of Jesus. And my encouragement is don't hesitate. If you need prayer physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, if, if you're with a friend or with a spouse that's struggling, just come on. We want to pray for you. And for the rest of us, if you're not coming down for prayer, could you just open your hands as a way to say, I surrender again. Again, last week, I want to encourage you to get the uh, message from last week about letting go of the oars, just opening our hands and our hearts. I want to do that again right now. Lord, we open up our hands and our hearts right now to you. Lord, we're tired of controlling our lives. It's not working anyway. So we choose to thank you as our provider, to thank you as our healer, to thank you as our forgiver, to thank you as our strengthener, to thank you as be our wisdom and our counsel and our helper in all things, God. In all things, we open up our hands to you. If you're watching on the stream or you're here in uh, live, if you need Jesus, I just want to encourage you with hands open, would you just pray this simple prayer? Lord Jesus, just pray it with me. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. If you need to know him, forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross for me. You opened your hands, allowed yourself to be crucified on my behalf. I believe you rose from the dead. Just pray it with me if you need him. I believe you made a way to the Father just for me. And so I come. And so I come today and give my heart and I give my life to you. Now, Lord, seal this time with worship. As we worship you, as we pray for one another right now, God, heal, restore, renew. And as we let go of anxiety, as we let go of fear, we trust you, God. Would you come in power for the needs of this house? We pray in Jesus' name.